Good morning. Well, they're calling today all kinds of things, aren't they? If you woke up and saw the news, you maybe saw Groundhog, which had the news that I uh, think that it's going to be spring. It feels like spring, doesn't it? And so they also call today Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, and of course, it's a time where everybody's going to be selling you something in those commercials, right? It's all about the commercials. If you don't think it's about the commercials, let me tell you, it's about the commercials. It's Super Bowl Sunday. It's Groundhog Day. But most importantly, it's the Lord's Day. And just as John in Revelation said, I was caught in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. So thank you for being here this morning in worship to God. And I hope that it will be of an encouragement to you. I also want to say a word to our good friend and brother David, who has been coming here for a good while. He is going to be leaving town tomorrow and moving back to Michigan. And he has been here, and we've grown to love him. And so we want to say a prayer for David as he leaves us. And we pray for uh, us to be reunited in a, very soon. And uh, so we want to pray for him this morning. So. Now let's pray for David. Father, we're so grateful for the gift of fellowship and of friendship and what we have in your kingdom. And Father, we're just mindful of our friend and brother David. Uh, we pray for safety as he travels back home uh, to be with his family and to live there and to work. And we also pray for success. And Father, we pray that as time goes by, that you will give him opportunities to come back and visit. And we just pray for him. We also pray for his spiritual journey and following you. Bless him as we bless each other. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Today, I, I brought my dad's Bible with me, which sometimes I do. Uh, my father, of course, like many of you, uh, is very important to me and was of a great encouragement to me as a child and as a young man and as an adult. And so this morning's lesson has a personal significance for me because I'm going to be talking about the character in the Bible named Barnabas. And Barnabas is a very unique character in the Bible, but what he was known for was being an encouragement. And as we think about 2020, I thought that the idea of what we want to be to each other is important. And so I thought, we need to be like Barnabas. And of course, the reason why this character in the Bible is significant to me is because in my father's home church, they called him Barnabas. That was his nickname because he was busy encouraging people. And so today as we think about this year and who we are and who we want to be, I want to encourage you to be a Barnabas. It says in Acts chapter 4, 36, And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of of encouragement. Isn't it interesting what a name can mean? 
A name is important, isn't it? And sometimes I've wrestled with my name. I've wrestled with being called laws. Number one, because a lot of times people don't understand it when I say it. And sometimes I have to explain, I have to spell it out. My name is Laws. And of course, I'm named after my father. And I get mixed reactions. Sometimes people say, what is is your name? Say it again. And then every once in a while, somebody says, well, that's a cool name. And I start smiling and I say something. I always have the same response. I say, I didn't do anything for it. It was given to me. It was given to me, this name, Laws. I didn't earn it. But when you think about the name of Barnabas, that was a name, not that he was just given, but it was a name that he earned. The Bible says a lot about a name. It says in Proverbs 22.1, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And if you can imagine Barnabas, this man named Joseph, by birth, but that says the apostles named him Barnabas. Can you imagine that? He was nicknamed by who? The apostles. Isn't that amazing company to be in? I've always wanted a nickname and I never got one. But to be nicknamed by the apostles. You know what the book of Ephesians says about the apostles in Ephesians 2, 19 and 20? It says, The household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being a chief cornerstone. You talk about company. And it says that the apostles are the very foundation with the prophets and, of course, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. But Barnabas was nicknamed by the apostles. And what a compliment that would be to have a nickname from Peter. And it'd be a positive one. To be called the son of encouragement. To be called an encourager. And this had everything to do with his character and his reputation. His name was about who he was. They called him Barnabas not because it was a family name. Not because it just sounded good. Not because it was one of the names that everybody was given babies at the time. He was given that name because of his character, because of who he was. This year, can you be a Barnabas? A lot of times in life, we think about success. And what it means to be successful. And there's this idea with success that we get into this idea of I'm a self-made man. And of course that idea has some relevance, doesn't it? Because there are some people who overcome great obstacles to be the success that they are. A lot of times this idea of a self-made man is in connection with people like Benjamin Franklin. It's also in connection to Frederick, Frederick Douglass. Because when we think about these individuals, they overcame poverty. They overcame great obstacles. They were men of success. 
Longfellow, the, pro- the poet, said, The heights by great men reached and kept were not attained in sudden flight. But they, while their companions slept, they were toiling upwards in the night. Men of success toil in night while others sleep. And yes, there is certainly an aspect to success that where you are self-made. But there's also an aspect of success where it is the benefit of others and where others have helped you become the success that you are. And I know no one who is a product in and of themselves, by themselves. And that's why encouragement is so important. Because the greatest success comes when we work together, isn't it? Alex Haley once had in his office, next to his Pulitzer Prize, a man of great success, but he had in his office a turtle on a fence post. Sounds rather strange. But he had it there to remind him that the turtle didn't get on the fence post by himself. And that idea is true for our success as individuals, isn't it? None of us are on the fence post by ourselves. That whatever level of success that you have, there's probably somebody in your life who has loved you, who has helped you, who has encouraged you. And let me tell you this, that we need to be those kind of people in the church. We need to be Barnabases, encouraging one another. What does it mean to encourage? It means the act of inspiring others with renewed courage, renewed spirit, or renewed hope. And the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up just as in fact you are doing. A part of our Christian duty is not only to make it to heaven, but it's also to help each other make it to heaven. To encourage one another. What is encouragement? Well, let me tell you, there is a difference in encouragement and in other things. Sometimes we may conflate encouragement with flattery. But encouraging is not flattery. Flattery has, has another idea to it, doesn't it? Because flattery sometimes has ulterior motives, doesn't it? When someone comes to flatter you, then they're actually kind of thinking about their own position and what they're going to get out of it a lot of times. In fact, it says in the Scriptures and Proverbs, flattering mouths work ruin. So I began to give compliments. I began to say good things because I'm thinking about what I'm going to get out of it. That's what flattery is. And also, flattery isn't quite true, is it? But then there's praise. And praise is a step up from flattery. But praise is kind of general Things, saying general things. But here's what encouragement is. Number one, it's specific. It's when you can look into a person's life and into their actions and you can say specifically what they're doing. Encouraging them in their specific work. 
It's also focused on the person's emotions and well-being. It's about the person doing good. It's about them, not about yourself. And it's also focused on the effort of a person as opposed to the outcome. That when I encourage my daughter, it's not so much about the A. It's about what she's doing. It's about her effort that she puts into it. And also, encouragement is reality-based. I love coaches' mindset. And if you've ever known a coach, you know that coaches have this different mindset. And I had the opportunity in my graduate work to, to sit on the first day of school next to a coach. Good friend of mine now. And in fact, I sat right next to him and then we sat beside each other pretty much for the next two and a half years. And he's a coach. And he's a great coach. And the thing about a coach is, is that not only do they have this positive attitude, which they do. My friend Coach Page is one of the most positive people you will ever meet. But there's also the idea that you can do better. And isn't that what encouragement is all about? We are to be coaches to one another, encouragers in one another. So what can we learn about Barnabas today? Number one, the number one lesson from Barnabas is, is you are significant. Let that sink in. You are significant. Barnabas was named with and by the apostles. And our significance also comes sometimes by who we're hanging around with. Are you hanging around people that truly appreciate who you are? Are you hanging around people who love you for who you are? Barnabas was. And the apostles recognized his giftedness. That's why they called him Barnabas. And we have to encourage ourselves sometimes. You're so significant that you need to encourage yourself. Well, I'm not that significant. I'm just... I'm just small. I'm of no account. Well, the Dalai Lama said one time, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try sleeping with mosquitoes. Mosquitoes very small, isn't it? But it makes a difference in your sleep habits, doesn't it? If it's in the bed with you. We're all significant. And we have to encourage ourselves sometimes. There's that story in 1 Samuel chapter 30 where the Amalekites, it says, had destroyed a whole city. And David comes in there. And his men are discouraged. They're of a low countenance. It says their wives and their children had been taken captive. And it says, but David strengthened or encouraged himself in the Lord with his God. Sometimes I can't wait on other people to encourage me. I have to encourage myself. I have to be the Barnabas to myself. Encourage yourself. You are significant. Number two, Barnabas gives us hallmarks as to what encouragement looks like. And the first thing that it tells us in the Scriptures about him is that he's generous. Acts 4.37, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. 
An encourager is someone who is generous with their time and their money. And if we want to be Barnabases, we must learn to be generous. It also says of Barnabas that he was a teacher. He instructed people in the way of the Lord. And all of us have our giftedness and our ways that we can instruct each other, either by example or in word. But Barnabas was a teacher. And he was chosen by the Holy Spirit to go on Paul's first missionary journey. Because he was an encourager. It also says that he was a man of courage. I hope it's not lost on anyone the connection of the word encourage and courage itself. But if you look into the life of Barnabas, something happens when we look at the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. Remember, Saul of Tarsus was an enemy of the church. He was perceived as an enemy of the church. And when he is converted to Christ, who's there? Acts 9.26 tells us, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Verse 27, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Barnabas was a man of courage. You can't be someone who encourages someone if you're living in fear. Can you? So to be a person of encouragement, we first must be people of courage. And Barnabas was a man of courage. He went to Saul of Tarsus when no one else would give him the time of day. He was a man of courage. He was also a man who gave second chances. Remember, in the missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas, They brought along with them John Mark. And for some reason, he left them. But it was Barnabas who insisted, it says, Barnabas was determined to take with him the person called John Mark. We have to be people of second chances. And if we're going to be Barnabas, then we need to give each other second chances. And isn't that what the church is all about? about being a place of a second chance. And Barnabas gave that. He was a mentor just as Moses was to Joshua. And he was faithful. And being an encourager isn't about perfection because guess what Barnabas wasn't? And in fact, in Galatians chapter 2, 13, Barnabas was carried away with the hypocrisy of Peter when he wouldn't have table fellowship with Gentiles. And it says, even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But he was faithful. He was faithful to God. All of us make mistakes, but we need to be faithful. So my question to you today is, will you be an encourager? You know what's easy is to begin to object to someone's dream. Isn't it? And I've been guilty of it. And I know some of you have been guilty of it. That when someone tells us what their plans are, their dreams are, the first thing that we want to do is start shooting holes in it. Right? 
And it's probably happened to you that when you had this idea, this crazy idea, then all of a sudden we open up the floodgates of objections to it, don't we? Well, you know, have you ever thought about this? But have we encouraged in the process as well? You know, it's really easy to tear down, isn't it? In fact, it takes no skill to tear down. But it takes immense skill to build someone up. People are bitter. People are uncreative. But if we're going to be Barnabas, we have to see the potential in each other. We have to believe. We have to speak life into others. And to be an encourager, it takes discipline. It takes discipline to hold your tongue sometimes when, when a crazy idea happens. But if it weren't for crazy ideas, we wouldn't be where we are. It takes presence to be an encourager because if you're an encourager, you're in the moment in difficult times sometimes, aren't you? And to be present with people in their good days and in their bad days. It takes strength to be generous. It takes strength to be patient. It takes strength to love. And that's what it means to be an encourager. You know, a few years ago, I participated in a National Day of Prayer ceremony. And as a part of that, I had the opportunity to plant a peach tree. And this is, uh, every year I go and I look at my peach tree and see how it's doing. And it's in a unique spot. But what I've noticed about the tree is, just like any tree, just like any flower, just like any plant, is that it grows towards the darkness. No. It grows towards the light. And if we are going to be Barnabases, we have to be the light. And if we are that light, we will give direction not only to our own lives, but we will give direction to other people's lives because plants grow towards the light. People grow towards the light. And if the church is truly the light, then people will grow towards God, won't they? To grow towards the light. So I want you to encourage yourself and encourage those around you to the greatness of God. God is great. God is good. God is love. He's worth serving. Encourage one another. Encourage one another to see the purpose and plan of God. God has a plan and He wants you to be a part of that plan and that purpose in this life. And also God has gifted us a family, His church, to encourage one another. So at the end of this year, will someone call you Barnabas? I want to call each of you Barnabas this year. I want to call each of you that. Let's encourage one another. Have you obeyed the Gospel this morning? Have you obeyed Christ? Christ gives us a very simple message. 
that we have a problem in ourselves. We have a problem with our selfishness. We have a problem with our sin. And that we need forgiveness of those sins. And that we must believe that Jesus is the answer to that problem. That He is the Son of God. God sent Him to redeem us from our sins and from ourselves. And to repent and turn to the light. To grow towards the light and help others to turn to that light. And to confess Jesus to be who He is, the Son of the living God. To be baptized, immersed into His body of the church and become Barnabases. To encourage one another. Will you encourage yourself today? Or maybe you need prayers of healing or encouragement. We're here to assist you. If they have any need, we're going to sing this next song to assist you. Won't you come now as together we stand and as we sing.